What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 54. I forgot. My name is Josh Tolan, your good friend, Brett Roberts. As always, on our AI Companion H. Pahalo. So, you said a lot of words very quickly, and... Oh, my God. And HBot did it again. What did HBot do? Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's finished. It's fixed. Oh, okay. What's up? Let's go. What's going on? Mm, yes. How was your week? Mm, yes. Very productive here on the pod. We a lot of conversation. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, week fine. Uh, a lot of work. Uh, Thanksgiving exists. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, yep. That's it. Cool. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, work's been really busy. Um, things over here have been really busy. Uh, still kind of getting back from vacation mode. Um, mm. vacation finally went food shopping since our food shop or since our vacation. So we finally have food in the house, which is nice. Were you just not eating before that, or what? We were like ordering out a lot. Mm. So the way it goes, brother. It's the way the news goes. But we have uh, some right. news to cover today. That's right, we do. Quick topic rundown for you. Uh, we'll be doing our media consumption update as always. And we have the Abysmal Chronicles a lot. Big, meaty, juicy claws uh, with that today. Uh, main top. Oh, and then we have a special announcement, Brett. Big. Big one. Big. That's it. You heard it here first. You don't uh, want to miss it. Miss it. Uh, and then we our main topics right uh talking about battlefield 2042 uh no good it's bad um and some information came out about the development behind it and some developers speaking out uh microsoft uh the joseph staten who is the uh head of halo one of the halo's bosses at there uh talks about what at there 343 at Microsoft, rather, um, why the co-op was delayed for the Halo Infinite campaign. Uh, and then, what was the last one? Oh, yeah. We have news about the upcoming, 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 quote-unquote, big PlayStation remake. Uh, and it's reportedly, stick around to find out. Um, and then, uh, in the intel for this week, a little game called Hypercharged Harpy Charge Unboxed, uh, which I'm excited to chat about. Looks good, Brett. Yes. Media consumption. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Yeah, go first because our document is blank for me right now. So go ahead and go first while I figure this out. That's not good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. So movies. I watched No Time to Die, uh, which is James Bond, uh, the last uh, the last Daniel Craig James Bond. Um, yeah. It's good. It might be the best one in his series yet. One of the best James Bond movies of all time. Hmm. Um, gave it a five on Letterboxd. It's good. Shout out to our Letterbox, by the way. I guess. Yeah, we have those in our uh, link trees, right? Down below. Yes. I believe I do, and I believe you do as well. Uh, I watched Spencer, which is a biopic about Princess Diana and Kristen Stewart. Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart? Kirsten. The actress? Kristen. The, the actress, yes, plays Princess Diana. Uh, I'm not usually a biopic guy, 
Uh, I usually find them very boring. Yeah. Uh, and all good, Christian. What's up? Uh, welcome. Big announcement coming. That's the only thing you've missed so far. Um, but this one's really good, dude. It's almost. I. I mean, I. I dare to call it a horror movie. Um, the way it's presented. Uh, uh, the good news about the Gamer Network app coming out, Christian says uh, in the chat. We did not see that uh, for reasons because uh, we didn't see it. Um, I think it's out, actually. Oh, wow. Good stuff. I thought it was just to select people. Anyway, um, so yeah, Spencer, I think you would actually like it. Um, Kristen, Kristen Stewart? Kristen Stewart? Kristen. However you say it, is really good in it. That movie slaps. Watch... It's that's surprising because I feel like she's not very good. But mm, mm, she's see, you haven't watched some of the movies that she's done since Twilight, as far as indie, well, more indie yeah. stuff goes. Um, and I've only the only other movie I remember seeing her in recently, and that was actually a couple years ago, was this one where she plays she's in the military. Um, I forget the name of it. She was good in that. That movie wasn't great, but she was good in it. But this, I mean, this is a like a career defining performance. Like, I mean. I would give her an Oscar for it. I've seen nothing about it, which dude, is crazy. Dude, it's good. It's directed by the same dude that did that movie Jackie a couple years ago uh, mm. about or with uh, what's her name? Uh, Padme. <laughs> um, Natalie. Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah, which I did not like. Uh, this was really good. It's about her her dealing with um, more like. All right. Uh, more. Um, it's about her ment dealing with mental issues as far as relating to uh, fame uh, and how she handles that. Um, so it's really, really intriguing. So I like I like Christian's take in the chat. He said more like Crustin Stewart. So also he just said Natalie Portman. So this chat is like really delayed. <laughs> the YouTube the YouTube one is slightly because <laughs> so we, we already that's that's YouTube that's YouTube low latency for you by the way. Mm. so gotcha mm. uh let me run through some of this other stuff last night in soho by edgar wright i did not like mm. it i actually really disliked it um uh and that makes me sad um because i love edgar wright we both do uh and after his last movie baby driver uh which slapped in every sense of the term yeah uh, this movie unfortunately does not um it really it's super stylish and has some really awesome editing which you would come to expect unfortunately it gets bogged down in a nonsensical story with a lot of exposition out of nowhere uh that makes no sense with a twist that you can see coming from the first moment uh it, one of the people involved with it is on screen and it gets bogged down in really bad horror tropes that unfortunately are not executed very well so damn that's my take on it uh watched evil dead 2 again with you and our friend steven that movie slaps uh one of the greatest yeah. of all time um games playing halo playing apex as normal um <laughs> i put i put apex in our chat here or our document here as shit pecs fuck sticks yeah i saw that and i i couldn't figure out what <laughs> Fuck sticks was because I knew Shipex was Apex, but now I, I get that it's one game. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then of Horizon Zero Dawn, I've been playing the crap out of that, um, replaying it for the story and trying to get the platinum, which is awesome. 
Um, I have not been watching Cowboys Sleep Up, Christian. Uh, and then It Takes Two with you uh, yeah. preparing for the Game Awards, which we'll have very more on. Very more on. Very more on soon. Yes. What about you? So in terms of movies, I watched uh, the rom-com The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. And wow. Actually liked it quite a bit. It was just on regular TV, and That's I was great. sitting on my couch man, playing a video game, and it was on. So Where are you playing? I was playing uh, Pokemon, Brilliant right. Diamond, which of I'm going to talk about. Yep. Uh, and then Evil Dead 2, like you said, we watched it together, and wow. So if you don't know, Evil Dead 2 is basically a remake of Evil Dead because they lost the rights to the film or something, and they wanted to make a sequel, but they couldn't. So right. they kind of had to remake Evil Dead so they could make another movie after that, and which well, was Army of Darkness. They remade it so good, so well. Yeah. So, okay. Don't hate me for this. It's actually my least fav- favorite of the Evil Dead movies I've seen, which isn't – the other ones are so good that it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I actually raised my letterbox score for it after watching it again because some of the things that it does – and it, it actually looks older. It seems like an older movie than it is. It came out in like the late 80s, so it's really not that old. Yep. Sorry, I just found something in my teeth. I had to get out. You're good. Uh it looks and, and and has things in it that make it – it feels like it's more aged, but it's really only from like 88 or something mm-hmm. or 89. So that there's that. I, I still like Evil Dead 1 more, and I still like the remake of the Evil Dead more than this as well. Well, I, mu- I must say, and this might be an unpopular opinion, so I might get shanked myself over here, but um, Betty Alvarez's remake is my favorite of the franchise. I think so. I think me too. Yeah, um, which we're not in the majority with that, by the way. That's fine. That movie slaps. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. But Evil Dead 2 does some stuff in it that, quite frankly, is insane. <laughs> yes. And it does things with the camera that mm-hmm. are incredible. Yeah. And it does things with, like, practical effects and, like, um, stop motion yeah. that are it, incredible. It almost does some stuff. What I noticed when we rewatched it is it does some Hitchcock stuff where it puts yes. camera cameras in places where they should not be able to exist. And yep. I love shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Christian says I did campy stuff that you will love that movie, my man, because it does not get freaking more campy than that. And it's a horror movie, but also it's the thing about Evil Dead 2 is it's actually a comedy. Yes. Um, It's like really cheesy, campy, funny, mm-hmm. like good gore. It's gory. So if you don't like gore, don't watch it. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's not really like, like really scary. It's yeah. just fun. Yeah, really. absolutely. So there's that. Um, games like I said I've been playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond which I want to touch on a little bit yeah Um, please I haven't started it yet it's really good like it's it doesn't do much different than the original but did you expect it to do more than the original Brett yeah I kind of because here's the thing with Pokemon alright that's the end of the stream folks (laughs) well no because they always do Diamond and Pearl or they always do like one two and then a third one that is the better version of both and you would assume that they would take some of the features from that third game, which is Platinum. Mm-hmm. You would assume that they would take some features from Platinum and put them into these two remakes. That, that way it's like the quintessential yeah. Gen 4 game. But they did do other like quality of life stuff, though, correct? They did. They did do some quality of life stuff. They added some stuff to the game from the more recent games. Um, they also added some like mechanics that were surprising additions. Like, for example... When you encounter a wild Pokemon, sometimes the camera will like start on like a really close up version of your face, um, and then it'll like 
cut to the Pokemon. When it does that, that's to signify that the Pokemon has at least two perfect IVs, which is actually like a hidden stat that you really can't know unless you breed a Pokemon for it or something. I don't know. I don't know shit about IVs and EVs and Pokemon, but basically they made it so you can tell when a Pokemon has that. But they don't tell you about it, but people found out that's what it means. Um, another thing is when you're uh, hunting Pokemon there is a mechanic where grass will start flying up when you get a chain. And the, the one that has like really high grass apparently means that the Pokemon has a hidden ability. So there's like all of these like weird things that they added to the game that never have been in a Pokemon game before that are like really big quality of life things. And then they added things like you can access your PC on the fly, you know, out in the wild. So listen, did they add some stuff? Yes. But did they add the stuff that like platinum added, like the content that platinum had? No, they didn't. Gotcha. Christian says you spent a lot of time in the underground. Have you? And what is no, the I underground? Specifically? The underground is, is it just is, what they showed in that one trailer? Kind of. The underground was in Diamond and Pearl. They fleshed okay. it out here, and they created these dungeons that you can encounter with right. wild Pokemon and, in them. And, and there is co-op with that, too? Kind of. Okay. It's online, and I think you can play with friends, yeah. But all it is is you run around this empty cave, and there's certain areas where you can, like, dig and, like, get items and stuff and then there's other areas where there's the dungeons where you can catch wild pokemon that don't appear in the overworld um and you can build a base and stuff and whatever statues you put in your base determines what wild pokemon you will encounter in the mm. dungeon so you can kind of plan ahead and, and, mm. and do that i haven't really messed with that i'm on the sixth badge now and i'm about to catch dialga i think so um i'm getting kind of far but cool the game it's hard even though they had the exp share which people bitch about it is tough uh there's a couple of, of battles that i've been like kind of like stuck on um mm -hmm. however a lot of it is just one hit KOing everything so gotcha i don't know and then i've also been playing halo uh, infinite multiplayer i actually played without you and, and christian the other day just by myself nice uh just to try to like get into it yeah you know so. it'll take you a little while I mean, yeah. it's like coming to a, a style of game that's been around for 20 years and never have ring really engaged with it. Yeah, exactly. I know you've played the campaigns and stuff, but it's a totally different beast. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And to be honest with you, I was actually like kind of like fucking up, fucking people up. Like, Good. I was I want number you to. one on my team yeah. every time I played. Good. But um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then Apex Legends. Uh, and then there's a show, Josh, that I think I'm going to start. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Hellbound. Have you heard of it? It's on Netflix. I vaguely remember hearing about this. So it's actually made by the yes. guy who did Train to Busan. Yes, because I'm looking at the cover art for it right now, and this is in my watch list. Yeah, so my buddy at work was telling me about it, and at first I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I like saw that it was by the guy who did train to busan and i was like all right i did not it. know that fact so so did you start it yet or you said you're going to start it nah i think i'm going to start it probably this week gotcha uh christian yes. says you're a traitor and i agree with him just kidding wait for halo for halo uh i want you to enjoy it so get your feet wet yeah get i'm trying get, get good basically i'm so. trying i'm trying all right, all right brett let's do it Go ahead. Yeah, so now we're going to switch over to the Abysmal Chronicles, which is basically just a rundown of uh, headlines in the news in the gaming world. Uh, today we have quite a few items here on the Abysmal Chronicles. The Abysmal um, Chronicles. 
we're just going to run through them pretty quickly. First, we like to start off by going over some games that are releasing this week. Mm -hmm. So we have today, Death's Door is releasing on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. That's right. And then Lego Builder's Journey is releasing on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One on November 25th. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Some of these, these next two I almost didn't include because one, I don't know what it is. And this next one you're about to say is something that's already out elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of a, a lull right now. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have that, uh, you know, while the holidays are, are kicking up. But Oddworld Soulstorm is releasing on Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One on November 29th. Correct. Already so out we got on some... PS5. Yes, already out on PS5. It was actually PS4, and I think the PS5 version came out kind of recently, and then... Right, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is kind of breaking news. This happened just a few hours ago, and it's pretty big, if you ask me. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, they were bought by Epic Games. This is coming to you from GameSpot. Um, So the headline alone, Harmonix being bought by Epic, is like good for them, you know, good for, for Harmonix. They have some backing now. They can make some big projects. However, when you get into the article, you actually see that they're actually going to be assisting Epic Games with Fortnite. Uh, so Fortnite is going to be getting musical journeys and gameplay with Epic's acquisition of rock band studio Harmonix. Yeah. So the first part of that sounds cool, I guess, whatever that means. That means concert stuff that they've already been doing, maybe, with like mm. little added stuff. Uh, if I was her- if I'm working, if I'm a developer for Harmonix, Harmonix, not necessarily the leads or anything like that. I would be flabbergasted because I guarantee you they're in the middle of developing something else. They had to have been. There's no so, way that they haven't have been. And so not that I, noticed, I guess this means that they won't, but. So they the last Rock Band game they made was Rock Band 3. That came out. They had Mad Cats actually helping them with the um, production of the instruments, mm-hmm. which was a first for them, like outsourcing that. Uh, and then they made a game for Apple. That was a big deal on the Apple App Store for iPhone. And then they made a game that had another proprietary device and it mm-hmm. had cards and it was like a DJ game where you put right. cards down and you like mix music live. Right. That was their most recent venture and I think it failed and they could be kind of like starting new projects, but I don't know if they're in the middle of something right now. That being said, um, it sucks mm-hmm. to see their talents being wasted on something, not wasted, but to me it's being wasted on a game that has nothing to do with yeah we'll see we'll see i'm and what about marshmallow christian wasn't it after that but yeah i don't i don't know unfortunate yeah the thing is though like will they make this really cool probably yes is is sure gonna be really cool with this yes sure i anticipate some like rayman legends tier music levels that okay no all right you know no i like that i like that and also, you have to wonder, because they did say they're going to be keeping up with Rock Band's DLC still. They're going to be releasing DLC for Rock Band. Which is wild. Yeah. You would wonder if maybe Harmonix has some kind of licensing deal with a bunch of musical artists. Or perhaps they, you know, Epic might have seen that they have this in with all of these musical artists that they could possibly license for Fortnite. And that was, like, one of the reasons they mm. poached them. Mm. I don't know. So. Hmm. That's that. Only time will tell what happens there. Um, I know Harmonix was very independent, and they really cared about the fact that they weren't owned by a big company. And that's kind of like what they uh, preached. That's the so, way the news goes, brother. It's just how it goes. Um, Chris, I'm reading Christian's comment. I cannot remember the last Fortnite concert event that made any sort of news. Last one was Travis Scott. Yeah, well, Travis Scott has a lot of concerts that are in the news right now. So, um, Yikes. 
Next up on the Abysmal Chronicles, we have Chris Pratt. Apparently has a phenomenal Mario voice in the new Mario movie. No, he doesn't. This is coming from GameSpot. So a producer teased in an interview that, you know, Chris Pratt has a great Mario voice, but he does understand that people are upset about a non-Italian person voicing the character. Here's the thing. That's not the crux of the issue. The crux of the issue is that you've had somebody that's been playing Mario for 84 million years that is alive and well and still doing games. I was going to say who may or may not be Italian, but I think he is Italian. Charles Martinet, with a name like that, he's got to be Italian. That's the reason, because you don't have the voice of Mario playing Mario. Yeah, I, I would agree there. The only exception I make for this movie is Anya Taylor-Joy playing Princess Peach. That's it. Moving on, the GTA trilogy is quite literally a mess. Uh, this is a coming big from one. Games Radar. The collection's launch has been abysmal and has prompted the studio to even relist the original versions of the games, which, by the way, removing old versions of games in order to release a remastered version is very scummy and shitty and not good at all. It's poo. It's poo. But those versions are back. Um, and now this is coming from, like I said, Games Radar. Rockstar is planning on delaying GTA Online and Red Dead Online updates to focus on fixing the GTA trilogy. So here's how I read this, is that they licensed out this trilogy to another studio, right? Which they did. The same studio that did the mobile ports uh, did this definitive whatever. What they did is they licensed it out. They gave that studio very little time to do anything with it. So they had to start from basically finished versions of the game anyway, right? Mm -hmm. They slapped a AI coat of paint on it. And then Rockstar was like, we have to get it out. And now on the head of Rockstar and the CEO, whoever the hell said it, they're like, we can't believe whatever. Nah, dude, this rests on your shoulders. I don't blame the studio that did it at all. This has corporate entanglement smell all over it. Uh, you're bad. Uh, nobody wants this. Uh, and you're bad. So, yeah. And there's other things that we, this happened, this has been going on for weeks, right? We right. haven't really talked about this. Um, there's other parts about it, like they left code in the game that, was like developer code that had stuff like the hot coffee mod still right. in the fucking code. Um, and then also one of the most recent pieces of news here is that an unfinished VR mode for San Andreas was found in the code as well. So yeah, it's a mess, just, dude. It's a mess. It really is. There's, there's actually like comparisons of graphics I've seen where it looks like they just took the graphics and smoothed them out and rounded them with an AI or something. Yeah. The the original versions of the games, while lower in like resolution, right, look better. And yeah, they look well. It looks more what was supposed to be realistic. Now right. they look cartoony, right? Right. It looks more cohesive. Like there was better design with those original games than whatever they've done to these. There was a a restaurant or a, a I forget what it was, but there was a location in the game that had a big nut on the top of it like a car mechanic shop or something like, you know what I mean? A nut, like yeah. a hexagonal nut. Yeah. Big load. And in the original version of the game, it was very clearly a nut because it was polygonal and it looked like a nut. Dude, they rounded it with the AI. I guess the AI they used to round all the polygons. It's a fucking circle. It looks like a donut now. And the joke is lost. The store was called like something to nuts, like a jizz joke. And how do you, like, how does that get passed? How do you let that go? How do you not check that? You just said nut like 20 times in the span of 30 seconds. And it was nut great. jizz, dude. Any of these fuckers ever 
bust out of the fucking wall. Anyway, um, and just so turn your fucking acorns into donuts. Yeah. So moving on, uh, the Xbox Mini fridge is really loud. Yeah. <laughs> People are getting their Xbox uh, Series X mini fridges, and which just released this week. Mm. The thing was a hundred dollars, and apparently sounds like a jet engine. Ooh. That's my impersonation of a jet engine. Uh, I don't know what else you want for a hundred bucks. Uh, sad, bad. Mean. Yeah, that's actually a decent price for like a novelty mini fridge. Yeah, it so. uses uh like induction or something like that, like electric induction to cool it instead of like mm. uh one of those refrigerations. Like, yeah, how you normally refrigerate things. So that's probably why. Sad. Oh well. Next story is Activision Blizzard, which we talked about last week, uh, creates a workplace responsibility committee in the wake of Bobby Kodak situation. Mm. This committee will work to improve workplace culture and eliminate harassment and discrimination. Activision Blizzard has reported. I don't think this is going to help anything. You know where I stand on it. I really don't have much else to add. Um, are Sony, Microsoft, and um, Nintendo going to do anything about it after releasing statements themselves? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I think it's time to put your money where your mouth is. And uh, the Workplace Responsibility Committee? It's a joke. It should be the Get Bobby Kotick Out of Here Committee. That's yeah. What it should be. Yeah. They're still trying to salvage this, which I got bad news for you. He's done. It's not going to work. All right, PlayStation patent could speed up switching between apps and games on the PS5. This comes courtesy of Games Radar. So the quote from the patent says, the window can be pinned to the GUI and user control can automatically switch to another application. Upon user input requesting a menu, the menu is presented in a layer over at least a portion of the first layer of content based on an execution of a menu application. What does that mean? Basically, you can open a window and another window. Thanks, Josh, because... That was really awfully put. Yeah. So basically, you know, it would allow you to, it sounds like, open up web pages or other applications in a window while running in the background, like literally on the screen, like another application. Mm. So, okay. That makes sense. Um, I could see applications for this as far as doing text guides versus the video stuff that they put in with things. If you want to pop something open real quick. Um, and yeah. also, it seems like switching between apps and maybe even getting close to Xbox's um, whatever their feature is, like the, the smart switch, the smart switch or whatever, where they have you can have a couple of games open at once, something like that. Gotcha. Uh, on the wake of the Blizzard, Activision Blizzard news, we have another abysmal story here. Former PlayStation employee sues Sony for gender discrimination. This comes from GameSpot. I want to preface by saying this is all allegedly. Uh, we don't know anything about this except what was reported, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. A former employee alleges that she was dismissed soon after complaining about a gender bias. Uh, former IT security analyst Emma Maho allegedly in her suit against Sony that the company terminated. Oh, I'm sorry. Alleged in her suit against Sony that the company terminated her for speaking out regarding discrimination against women at the company. Right. Maho, Maho, I'm going to say Maho. Is it Majo? I don't know. Maho's lawsuit alleges that Sony violated the United States Equal Pay Act, saying that 
Sony discriminates against female employees, including those who are female and those who identify as female in compensation and promotion and subjects them to a work culture predominated, predominant, predominated, predominated by men. Yes. Uh, this is not good. Um, big, if true. Yeah. Big, if true, big, if true. Um, the implications for this are then, uh, hopefully it's not like clearly Activision or it's a larger cultural issue as far as the company goes. Um, PlayStation's usually fairly good with that stuff, you know, in, you know, the DE and I categories. Um, so I feel like this might be more of an isolated incident, hopefully. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this develops, uh, and certainly not good for Sony, especially on the wake of everything happening with Activision. Yeah, certainly not good. This is not something that PlayStation wants uh, getting out right now, if true. And, uh, yeah, you know, time will tell. We'll see. But, Josh, uh, that's it for the Abysmal Chronicles this week. And before yep. we roll the intro, there is something we want to talk about. It is a big announcement. Big announcement. Are you ready, folks? I don't know if you're ready or not. So every year we do a Game Awards live stream. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. Uh, we usually do a prediction special episode of Half the Cast, which in one week's time we will be doing. Right. Next Tuesday, same time. Same time, same place. Uh, so if you want to see what games we're going to choose for you know, Game of the Year and, and all those awards, make sure you, you stop by for that. But Josh, we always live stream the actual show as well, and it's a pretty big deal for us. Sure. We've been doing it for a while. So this year, you know, we have this big announcement and um, we have something we want to share with the with the community here. Yes. We've had some really amazing games released this year and uh, we really can't wait to celebrate the best of the best with our community at the Game Awards this year. That's right, Brett. We can't wait to stream the Game Awards with all of you on December 9th. For this year's Game Awards live stream, we've decided to shine a spotlight on a game that undoubtedly deserves every award it has been nominated for. Mm. It is a game being praised for really bringing people together. Yeah. The game we're basing our theme around certainly sits atop of the mountain of great games we've used as stream themes in the past. Games you'll remember such as God of War 2018 and even Resident Evil 4, the whole live stream series. This game is certainly of that same caliber, Brett. That's true, Josh. And this game has a huge focus on being a unique and different world Mm. developed by someone with a brilliant and incredible mind, mind you. Mm -hmm. Some would say that this game even has a story worthy of the Oscars. That's right, Brett. Without further ado, we want everybody to take a look at a quick sneak peek of our theme for our Game Awards live stream. HBOT, please roll the teaser. Fuck the Oscars! In the category of best role-playing game, Cyberpunk 2077. What? I hope it's gonna be bigger than the Oscars.
have no reason to live. There it is, folks. The theme for the Game Awards 2021 for Haptic Intel's live stream will be Cyberpunk 2077. Our personal game of the year. That's right, Brett. There's really no... Clip that. <laughs> There's really no other choice that it could be. That's right. Boy, we hope you we enjoyed go. that little. Hope you enjoyed that little uh, little trailer that Josh put together. There, it was very good, very fun, and yeah. that is legitimately going to be the theme for the stream. Oh, absolutely! Uh, so, you don't want to miss out. Oh, bro, senpai, get the fuck out of here! I see that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you won't want to miss it. Uh, it's very fun. Um, whether you're, if you're watching that on VOD, that will be up separately by itself. Uh, tomorrow um as well but yeah look forward to that lots more to come with it let's hop into our main topics josh let's do it first one brett number one battlefield 2042 has come out and it's bad yep and that's the matter of fact it's so bad we did not even include it in our games we were playing you're right <laughs> Because we have indeed been playing it. Yeah. So Or at least we did play it. We we've played it. Um listen. We will eventually have a good time with it. Uh Battlefield can offer some stupid fun. But here is the thing. It's not good. It is it feels like an even more stripped down version of like the last Battlefield games, and somehow way worse than even Battlefield 4, which was played at like the start of the PS4 generation. Yeah. Um, so it has a couple of different game modes. It has the big team game mode, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I want to talk about this the second game mode right now. Okay. What is it called? Portal? Ha has No, no, the other one. Hazard Zone? Ha Hazmat? Whatever it's called, it's bad they drop you in and you don't even know what you're doing yeah it, i didn't even know if it was real people or if it was ai that we were fighting so it's a it's a pve 
mode. Certainly didn't feel like PvE. But it doesn't give you any kind of indication of what's going on, and maybe we're just stupid, but that game sucks. It sucked, dude. We're picking up, like, data and then, like, getting killed and dropping data. And then people are hunting us down to get our data. And then tornadoes are flying towards us. And we don't know what's happening. And we're dying. And it feels teammates like, are bringing us back to life. It just... It feels like such a shoehorned in thing. Well, they got rid of their, like, Battle Royale mode, which was apparently pretty decent from the last game. Um, so, I don't know. It's like an extraction-based mode like tarkov and mm -hmm. i just i don't know what they were thinking dude it's just not good no it's pretty bad um so let's go into it a little bit more here so we have some context i guess if you will from this outlet called game pressure and basically what they kind of did is they chronicled if you will um some reports and direct quotes and uh you know stuff from interviews and context from developers from EA Dice over the last few years. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually pretty interesting. So uh, it chronicled testimonies of former and current employees of the development team, um, and it's been published, that have been published online over the last few years, which explain at least partly the poor reviews of the latest Battlefield game. Again, this coming via game pressure. So the devs team creativity was apparently said to have been held back by the bosses. Shocker, I know. Um, who have their own vision of the game and how players would approach it. They remained indifferent to the constructive criticism of many of their subordinates who reported that the game was going in the wrong direction. So they did not listen to their teams, their development teams, yeah. the people that are making the games. I actually did a little bit more research into that point. Mm -hmm. And apparently people would like say like, hey man, I don't think this is going to work. Like this feature is bad. Yeah, It's broken. And they would put that and then someone would say like, you can't you can't tell the person that's designing that because yeah. I'm sorry you can't put that out there because the person that designed it is in the slack channel right and you don't want him getting upset like yeah. you want to hurt his feelings yeah i did see that when i read this i didn't include it but what yeah that's like so what are you doing then hurting if... feelings dude you're about to ship a million dollar game it ain't about her multi feelings. multi hundred million dollar game it, yeah it's about fucking making this thing good yeah uh, when you're in a creative space, you have to be, I mean, you have to have some sort of semblance of cellophane over your skin, as thin as it might be, but that's how things work, especially when you're dealing with teams this size for a game this big. Feedback and, you know, going back and forth on things is imperative. So the, well, there's some quotes here from EA Dice employees with kind of ranging levels of time at the company, five years experience or more. So these are just some quotes that I wanted to throw out at you. Um, quote, the leaders don't want to hear any feedback that isn't positive. Ridiculous. They ignored all the red flags people have been waving at them. Instead, they say the same corporate sound bites and pretend everything is fine. What does that do? Mm, not good. That sounds like give me my money and I'm probably going to leave and go to another company. Next one. I don't care. Cronyism and nepotism are huge problems. Shockers. What features make it into the game or get development time isn't dependent on how they'll improve the game, but on who has your back. This is especially troublesome because current leadership, or rather the couple of people at the top, is obsessed with executing their vision at the expense of everything else. These people that don't even play, probably. Yeah, and I'm not saying having one unified vision isn't a good thing. You know what I mean? Too many cooks in the kitchen, I guess for lack of a better term, can also lead to issues. But there's a difference between having a unified vision with somebody at the helm and 
being a having a totalitarian vision of the way something should be executed. Yeah. Um, another quote: "What is left is an exoskeleton of what was one of the most innovative studios in the world." Referring to Dice, the same title, year after by year after by year. I understand. So every two years, what the players are buying now is not Battlefield, but instead an EA hijacked memory of that Battlefield of what Battlefield was or what it could be. Instead of Damn. looking how to improve the gameplay for the players, monetization is dictating the direction to go with the game. Yeah. Wow. Uh, pretty bad. Some more context here. An example of poor decision-making can be seen in the, wor in the words of Patrick Soderlund, former CEO of EA DICE, who stated around the time of Battlefield 3's release, that 128 player battles were already being tested at that time. However, during Battlefield 3, it was decided that they weren't much fun and creating battles for more than 64 players just didn't make sense. Meanwhile, one of the major new features in Battlefield 2042 turned out to be 128 player battle. Right. Which is the main game mode. Yeah. EA DICE employees also accuse leaders of manipulating data, for example, by carefully cherry-picking the opinions of a handful of players enthusiastic about something on social media, and then convincing everyone that this is the voice of the majority. In addition, the leadership is said not to respect the performance of subordinates, awarding promotions based on seniority rather than actual skills. Wow. My biggest issue with that statement, well, actually all of it, but you cannot cherry-pick facts and then present it as the majority. No. In fact, when you're in a position of leadership, right, you should be almost giving equal weight to all of that positive, negative, indifferent, and determining, okay, what is actually, what is the data actually showing you? Who, you know what happens when you do that? Who is the majority? What's that? When you cherry pick the opinions of a handful of players like that, you know what happens? Hmm. Exactly what you what we got with Battlefield 2042. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? It, it the it reminds me, it makes me think rather of um, what's it called? Yeah, makes you think of game, God. movie, TV show, The Last of Us, game, Last of Us. If um, game. If Naughty Dog. Mm-hmm were to have solicited the opinion of people on those story points that drove so many, oh, it's yeah. not so many, but the minority of people insane for that, mm -hmm. you saw what happened. But yeah. instead, we got an incredible product because they stuck to their guns and they did what made sense for the characters in the game. Very they different, the story they wanted to. Very different game, but I think similar application. Yeah. Um, and then the last point, which we've heard for a long time, is that developers continue to complain about the instability of the Frostbite engine. But, of course, upper-level management makes sure that they continue with the Frostbite engine because it's cheap. Because they already have it. But it's notoriously abysmal to develop in. So. Bad. Anyway, very bad. Not good. The game is not fun so far, anyway. Uh, I'm expecting there to be a lot of patches. The game literally crashed for you the, the first launch you did. Yeah. Um, Which was incredible. Just, just trash, brother. So, very sad, not good. 
bad game. Fix it, please. All right. Next Anything up. else? All right, next up. <laughs> oh, this is me too. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to really try not to go insane with this one. Microsoft boss explains why Halo Infinite co-op delay was the right move. Guess what? In my opinion, it fucking wasn't. Wait, I thought Halo Infinite's co-op was completely not coming. No, it's coming. Mm. Just not for six months after launch. <laughs> so, Joseph Staten, who is um, head of something at Microsoft or Xbox, I forget because... I deleted what he was because I was like, I'll remember. I don't fucking remember. Um, <laughs> uh, he commented on the delay of Halo. This one talking to IGN. Uh, commenting on a uh, delay of Halo Infinite's campaign co-op feature, saying it would be a was a difficult decision, but ultimately the right one. Uh, so he said, quote, I work on Halo, but I'm still a Halo fan. And campaign co-op is essential to the experience. Playing Halo with your friends is playing Halo, whether it's multiplayer or campaign. I'm going to continue with this quote in a second, but yes, that's correct. That, that's literally Halo. That yes. right there. In fact, I don't even need, need to read anything else that he said because he just said it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're launching the game when it's not ready. It's not Halo. A, not, a non-insignificant amount of people will not play the campaign or download it off of Game Pass or buy it because there's no co-op. Brett, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say more than half of people that play Halo campaigns play co-op. More than half. I feel like everybody I know that plays Halo campaigns in fact, plays co-op. In fact, it might be over 90%. <laughs> All right, now we're, now we're cutting it a little close. All right. Uh, he continues, so of all the decisions that we made that were most difficult, delaying co-op was very, very hard. Uh, it shows, but it shows the commitment of the studio, even when it's challenging, even when it hurts to only ship experiences when they are ready to only ship quality experiences. And that's so important for any franchise, but certainly a franchise like Halo that's been around for 20 years. End quote. To only ship experiences when they are ready. I'm fine with that, but why not? Me too. Why piecemeal it? But this is not ready. Yeah. You're not including a major feature of the game. You're already releasing the multiplayer separate from the single player. So why not just delay this? It's because they wanted to hit the December deadline. They right? have to at this point, right? This game yeah. has been in development for what, 18 years? Yeah, so that's the real problem. They kept delaying it. There were so many issues around it. I think Microsoft or Xbox, whatever, was like, we it just has to go out. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's evident by the fact they released the multiplayer, which is, you know, getting universal praise, which is great. And it is good. I like it, like we've talked about. But yep. I've heard some people talking about early, you know, gameplay previews of the campaign as well. Mm -hmm. And actually, everything's been really positive and, yeah. and people are saying it's ambitious and, yeah. you know, the best Halo campaign in a long time. Yeah, so. which is great. But again, I, I want to play it co-op. I don't want to play it by myself. Why would I? Yeah. Why would I want to do that? Um, he added, if we don't, quote, if we don't maintain that high bar, if we don't commit ourselves to excellence and commit ourselves to every time we launch something to delight our customers, living up to our expectations, ideally exceeding our expectations, I don't think we're doing this job right. And the simple truth was co-op just wasn't ready. 
and we decided to prioritize our efforts in other areas. Okay. Okay. I Fair. still I still don't think you should be releasing the game then if it's not if a major feature of it isn't ready. Um, and then the last point on kind of I guess what gives us an inclination of what when it might come. Um, it, they said Xbox or Microsoft have previously said that campaign co-op is expected to launch in season two, and season one of the game was just extended until May 2022. So we might have to wait a while for co-op, uh, and we probably won't see it until June of next year. So, oh my God! But it says here Forge is expected to launch after season two. Yeah, Forge, another major Halo staple. Yeah. Uh, custom game modes, custom maps. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, my my opinion is this. I really think you could have got away with one more delay. If you really don't think that co-op and Forge is going to be ready for six months plus, yeah, fuck that. I mean, it's been so long at this point. Yeah, Why? especially especially if the game is is actually shaping up to be quite good. Right. No one would be mad. You yeah. know what I mean? And you had, was still shit. And you had all those be. positive previews that just came out. I think the right decision here would have been just to delay it again. And yeah. yeah, there'll be people that are pissed, but you also just released multiplayer early. So like, I don't know. And then it makes me think about, okay, so you stopped developing co-op and forge to focus on other areas. I, I hope the game is complete in those other areas that they decided to focus on. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Halo? Not really. I think I've pretty much covered it. All right. Well, then from Xbox to PlayStation, we're going to make a big jump here. Uh, the next topic is the upcoming big PlayStation remake is reportedly Chrono Cross. Mm -hmm. It's come from VGC. So Chrono Cross was originally released for the PlayStation 1 in 1999, for those that don't know. And it is a sequel to the game that everyone sucks off called Chrono Trigger. Right. It's made by Square Enix. Uh, Chrono Cross was, Josh, one of the unannounced titles listed in the NVIDIA database leak back in September. That's right. I remember we, that. We talked about. We did. We covered that. Um, and then the following month after the September NVIDIA database leak, a musician claimed that they were involved with a remake of a big game remake that would be announced this Christmas. Rumors have been spreading that a big PlayStation remake is coming. You know, people have been talking about it. Is it, you know, Metal Gear? You know, uh, you know, all these rumors have been going around. What is it? What is it? What is it? Well, I'm here to tell you that friend of the show and Xbox era co-founder Nick Baker, a.k.a. Shipshell Nick. Shipshell uh, Nick, friend of the show. Friend of the show. He has revealed that the remake is indeed Chrono Cross Remastered. His official quote is here. I'm ready to read it to you. It's quite long, so get ready. I'm ready. Chrono Cross Remastered, I think, was already on the NVIDIA leak list, so the game shouldn't be a surprise. It was on NVIDIA's list. What I was told that VGC article is about Chrono Cross Remastered. What else I was told, because everyone's working under the assumption that it's a PlayStation exclusive, I've been told that it's not. The only mm. word that was used was multiplat. Now, when I hear JRPG and multiplat, I automatically assume PC, PlayStation, and Switch. That's just my assumption. That's not what I was told. That's just my assumption. All my source told me was that it was multi-plat. That's what they said. They told me it wasn't a PlayStation exclusive. But I think there's some confusion because everyone says that PlayStation is set to announce it this holiday. 
So everyone just works under the assumption that PlayStation is announcing something that would be exclusive, which they don't always do. Pragmata, which I believe is a, another mm -hmm. project, which uh, is just delayed. Yeah, isn't exclusive. They've announced plenty of stuff that isn't exclusive. But again, I don't know if Xbox is one of those platforms. I work under the assumption that it is not because it is a JRPG. Hmm. So, I mean, Nick, look, Nick Baker knows what he's talking about. This seems like it is going to be Chrono Cross. Is that as big of a deal, a big PlayStation remake? To me, no, because I'm not familiar with the franchise, but I know that Chrono Trigger is huge. I just, so Chrono Cross is a, is a sequel, if I'm remembering correctly, of Chrono Trigger. Right. To me, I'm like, why wouldn't you do Chrono Trigger? I've heard more about that than Chrono Cross. Mm -hmm. um, Unless it's a but, pre is it a prequel or something? I really, I don't know, so I'm sorry. No, I, I think it's a sequel, but. Okay. Very weird. Um, and you know what, though? This is good because this means that it's a Square Enix remaster, very similar to Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Josh, that means that Bluepoint and PlayStation's other like remaster studio, the PC port company, Nixies, they are not working on Chrono. They're not working on this. So this still is this is good news because that means that this is going to be separate from that. And we're still going to get something later down the line from that, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bluepoint is working on the Bloodborne remaster, and they're also making Bloodborne 2. Apparently so. So that's good news. This is all lining up to be good. Uh, and then, uh, you know, listen, PlayStation doesn't have a PlayStation experience or a PSX or whatever, anything scheduled yet. This could very well be a Game Awards reveal. Yes. So then yes. that would be pretty big. That would be big. Unless they shadow drop a PSX for January, which is that's when it usually was, right? January, or um, no, that's Paris Games Week. I'm thinking it was December. Think of Paris Games Week or something. Uh, yes, yes. But the Game Awards is in December now, so that's right. It's December 9th. So yeah, I mean, listen, that's all I have particularly to talk about with this Chrono Cross remaster remake thing. Um, mm -hmm. Also, Shipshaw Nick Nick Baker, he calls it Chrono Cross Remastered, and I don't know if that's a slip-up on his side or if it is a remake or if it's a remaster. I think there's a big difference between a remaster and a remake. Certainly. Remaster means you're porting it with AI upscaling, like the Definitive Trilogy uh, mm -hmm. for, for GTA. And if that would be the case, then this isn't really that big of a deal. They're just porting a game, making it look a little better. But then you have that musician that said that they were involved making new music, so I don't know. Neither do I. But you can see Jeff Keighley bringing her out on stage. She fucking plays the song. You know, everyone's like, oh, and then it's the reveal, you know. Yeah, I, I hope people are excited for this. Like I said, I've never played them before. Uh, I know there's a large fan base, so that's cool. Um, maybe we will play it. Maybe. And that's that. All right. Next up, Josh, final topic for the day is our segment called Indie Intel, where we cover an indie game, talk about it, and we show it some love. I know this one's kind of a game that's already been out, and it's old, and you've already, it's, you know, been the thing, but you want to talk about it, and I'm here for that. So what is it? I do want to talk about it. So we got Hypercharged Unbox. Hypercharged Unbox is inspired by a classic toy movie, such as Small Soldiers or Toy Story. Hypercharged is a solo and co-op with a shooter. I just want to point out that Small Soldiers and Toy Story are both great films. 
And there was a small soldiers game for PlayStation one that was fucking awesome. And I played it with my dad all the time. And it had nothing to do with them being toys. They were actually alive and it was in like their world. Continue. Oh, uh, it's a wave. It's a wave based shooter that has uh, the player fighting to defend every inch of territory. It's a dangerous world where you're a pint sized action figure. If you grew up watching classic toy movies and played with action figures, get ready for mass nostalgia. Fight waves of weaponized toys and fun, lighthearted battles where each wave gets tougher and tougher. Hypercharge is easy to jump in and out of, allowing you to progress at your own pace. I like this. So, some key features, Brett. Let's pick a good image here, background. I like this image a lot. There we go. How about that? Um, Key features, full split-screen support, including online or local, online co-op, up to four players on a single player, difficulty scales based on number of players, wave-based shooter with defense-building mechanics, classic PvP combat, up to eight players. You can also buy it right now on Steam and Switch. There's a free demo on both, I believe. At least a demo on, on Steam, but I'm pretty sure there's a demo on Switch as well. That's awesome. And then also, in the trailer, I saw that there's like a lot of customization on your character. Mm-hmm. You can make your action figure look like a bunch of different types of action figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's if you're into customization and stuff like that's pretty sweet as well yeah and i did just want to touch on so i actually found um that i saved this tweet not not the one that is behind us right now but saved uh this company uh or their twitter account tweeting this out a couple of years ago because it came out in 2020 um like you might have mentioned uh and then i forgot about it um because i often you know for our segment here i just save indie games um on twitter and i'm like oh this looks cool um maybe i'll take a look at it later but um what brought it back on my radar was this tweet right here behind us um the studio uh, or the game i guess tweeted out um that the developer uh they, they said they said when i was a kid this is this is how toy battles looked in my head now i'm an adult kid at heart and this is what my indie game looks like um they said every retweet is appreciated more than you know um yeah over 106,000 views on this Twitter video. It's amazing. So, um, but I saw this, and I was like, yo, I remember this. It looks slick. Um, let's give it some spotlight. So. Yeah, that's awesome. It looks really good, and I, I can't wait to try it out with you. Yeah, so it's very cool. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about it, but Hypercharged Unbox, again, you can buy it on Steam and Switch. You can have the demo uh, on Steam and maybe Switch. I forget. Um, and then, of course, you can wishlist it for free. So, absolutely. I don't really have anything else to add except, you know, there's split screen, which is really cool for, you know, friends that are hanging out, couch co op type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just, you know, (laughs) the, it's always really cool when a game takes you and shrinks you down and makes you in this small little world, like this big world with a small little character. We're playing It Takes Two right now, and and the whole game is basically that. So I really respect that. And I think that's really cool. And also, there's Beyblades in this game, and I think that's really cool too. So. Yeah, so hypercharged unboxed, check it out. Yeah, uh, Christian says in the chat, you boys had a dip for a second. All good. Uh, what from senpai say? Ah, uh, just a bot. Uh, yeah, we need a small soldier sim- skin pack in that game. Yes. Um, I want to rewatch small soldiers now. Anyway, that movie slaps. Um, you did miss one big thing, Christian, which uh, I think we'll probably roll it again at the end before we wrap up, um, because you know that's what we do. But anyway, Brett, that is 
the end of another episode of Haptocast. Right. Haptocast episode, whatever it was, 54. I need to get better at remembering that, but my brain doesn't really work. So, now your brain works just fine. Hmm. You know what doesn't work though? What's that? What doesn't work is a a little game. Well, I was gonna spoil something, but I'll wait. Battlefield twenty forty two. Yeah, what about it? That wasn't what I was originally going to say, but it also... Oh, oh I, I understand. Yeah, Save that for the very end. But anyway, so that's the end. We appreciate everybody tuning in, either live or VOD. Um, we will be streaming again. I think it's fairly safe to say, which we kind of have been for months now anyway, but every Tuesday at 6.30 yeah. uh, right here. Um, next week is our Game Awards prediction special. Uh, we will do just what we have, like we did last year, where we will talk about... Uh, all the major categories, we're not going to spend a ton of time on some of the esports ones and things like that that we just don't know enough about, simply. Um, but we are working. I forgot to include the Artful Escape on my games that we're playing, speaking of the Game Awards. That's okay. I didn't include it because we'll talk about it next week. Um, this, I, I personally think that this prediction special is going to be very interesting because, number one, there's a lot of games that I haven't played yet and I'm trying to catch up right now and play Right. Them. Yeah, that is unique that we're playing a lot of these right now, so that'll be cool. There's that, and then there's also the fact that there's also a lot of games that are, like, different. Like, all every single game that's nominated for Game of the Year is, like, a different type of game. Like, nothing is the same, right? So right. I think that that's going to lend itself to some unique predictions. And if I'm being honest, I'm actually quite scared that we are not going to be hashtag right for all the categories. Which we're always right. So Sacrilege, my man. But we can see, here's the thing, though. If you go back and watch what we did last year, we were very good about our predictions. We had our our personal favorites. Mm -hmm. mm, funny, Christian, that you mentioned Cyberpunk 2077 for Goody. Um, we had our preferences, and then we did Haptic Intel's pick based off of our preferences. And then we talked about what is actually going to win and why, whether we agree with it or not. For politics reasons, for, right. you know, impact, right. all right. that. So that's what separates us, and we're smart, and we're good. So basically what you're saying is we get out of it by creating a separate reality where we say, this is the game that is going to win, and this is what we should win. Therefore, we get two picks instead of one pick. Well, so and we, we're going to get We actually kind of get five because we have your pick. And my pick, which often, you know, well, they don't always overlap. We have Haptic Intel's pick. Then we have what's probably going to win. And then we have what should win. So You're each right. category, there's really only one or two games where we ha where we could be wrong. So therefore, we're really always right. You're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. So by that logic, we can never be wrong. And if you think we are your research you just made me feel a lot better about this okay good yeah so anyway that'll be next week uh tuesday at 6 30 p.m that'll probably be a longer one i would assume so yeah. uh you know buckle in for that uh, i think last year that special ran almost two hours um yeah. so you know uh, we're gonna be dead by the end of that um yeah. so get ready for that um but that'll be fun um and then uh the week after i don't know 
if we're going to stream again because that's also the week of the game awards it might be a good idea if we don't stream that tuesday and instead prepare for our game awards stream on thursday um but i'll leave that up to you sounds good um so yeah get ready for that anything else you want to say brett before we uh just show the people one more time that excellent trailer uh for our theme pick for the game awards nope i think there's nothing left to do here but roll the big announcement yet again all right thank you everybody for watching we love you we appreciate you subscribe follow bye bye see you later